right. Welcome to the Scott and Lodge Show. I'm Scott. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> what a low-key beginning use. Come on. Oh, it's Scott and Loz, two dicks talking bollocks. Bow down, bitches. I was working in an opposite fashion. I was gonna, I was gonna build up, but you've think, shat I on that, and that's fine. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you, really. I think you wanted me to do the intro for once, and you were just like, if I, if I really like lay back, then Loz will jump in on this one, and maybe I just can't be asked tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, of ah. course I can. Of course I can. I, I've been I'm looking forward to this for well. For some time, you know, um, uh, more than ever, it seems like a, a while since recording the last one. I mean, yes. well, I suppose it's not compared to previous gaps of like six months. But um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I suppose we did the last ones back in like early Feb, didn't we? And then it, it took me sort mm. of well over a month to whop them out. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> here we are with epi- episode 30, Lars. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just whop, whop them out. Just whop them out, gave, yeah. Gave me such a vision of you as like a busty stripper, just like, hey. That's what I was going for. Thank Achoo. God this is this is an audio podcast. Yes, quite. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, episode 30. We're into the dirty 30s, Lars. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, a couple of months or so. So what's 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 been happening in that space of time? Tell me all. Uh, it tell all. Um, no, I'll, I'll say the tell all of my autobiography, which will be a tell all. Um, <laughs> okay. Not a lot, to be quite honest, mate. Unfortunately, my mother, uh, bless her socks, has not been too well, which is uh, rather curtailed things. My voyage into the realm of Warhammer 40k has continued. Oh, yes. Uh, and I have enjoyed such a voyage. Um, <laughs> it's not been particularly good for my bank account i must admit but you know you can't take it with you can you good for the wank account <laughs> jesus christ no definitely not the, the no oh. do you know, well you talk about you know the image of a, a you know a busty do you not have busty female warmer um no that's not a thing there, there there are there's a a female force which is the um, Adeptus Sororitas, otherwise known as the um, the Sisters of Battle, or the Nuns with Guns, as I call them. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I like, I like the Sisters of Battle. That's a great yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not necessarily. They're very like they're religious, like extremists in a way. So they're not really bothered about how they look. They're more interested in blowing you up. Okay. Well, that's something that sounds cool. You know, fair, fair few argos in there. You know what I mean. I mean, I well, I, I, looking back on the last week or so, I mean, I went to the the Brentford Wolves game last weekend. That was that was the definite oh, did you? definite low light of the weekend. Um, <laughs> that's I, you know, I've only been to see Brentford twice this season, and in fact, twice since they got promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, we've lost six nil on aggregate in those games. So uh, yeah, um, and then Villa, which was the first of the two games, we've got them again mm. on on Saturday. So you know what I mean? And Villa are in good form, to be fair. Yeah. But, uh, you know, swings and roundabouts. Went to Cadbury World lately. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) You got a bit of a taste for it, did you? (laughs) uh, Not as much as it used to be. And sadly, the cream egg vans are no more. There there is one there, you know, it's ornamental. But, yeah, it's it's not the experience I remember. But it was was still enjoyable. 
Do you know I've never been? Have you not? Well, you missed out on the golden period, I'd say. I was expecting that to be a product then. <laughs> or, or like a, a ride or something there. Like, you know, <laughs> all aboard the golden period. <laughs> but help yourself to a golden period on the way out. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sponsored by Tampax. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord, man. <laughs> right, let's get down to business. Um, let's, let's get down to brass tacks. Oh, well, so I suppose actually one thing that's taken place since the last recording and uh, <laughs> to, to and to bring us back to the last recording, um, probably the most... <laughs> The most contentious, arguably, or maybe you know, the most notable entry for me that was of your interest was Breaking Bad being in there and not yeah. being in the the top thing. Well, uh, since then, uh, Vicky and I have actually watched the entirety of Breaking Bad. Shit. Yeah, and um, it's just it. I mean, it is one of the great pieces of television, isn't it? Let's face it. Uh, I said that back then, uh, and mm. I'm not sort of. Yeah, I still weirdly feel vindicated by it being where it was, actually. I still think uh, everything to come in the top ten are rightfully there. But it was just as amazing as I remember. And like I say, objectively, it's just one of the greatest. And Vicky absolutely loved it. So um, I, I just couldn't believe, because like, I feel like you were one of the people who was a massive fan of it that I knew. And I've seen people buy you like Breaking Bad merch and stuff. And I just couldn't believe that, it was, like, I, if it wasn't number one, I could totally understand that. But it was the fact that it wasn't in your top ten. And I was <laughs> like, you fucking what, mate? Yeah, I suppose, weirdly, I mean, you know, Vic and Bob didn't make the top ten of this. And, and um, Opeth didn't make the top ten albums, for goodness sake. So it's not like I'm trying to be a bit mad. Um, I don't have to try to be a bit mad. It, but just, it's, I still feel like it's rightfully where it was, just outside the top ten. Uh, you'll probably treat all of my top ten with contempt now, but yeah, that's fine. Well, um, no change there then. And and also one thing I just want to, as usual, I'm going to reel off a mention here, which I forgot about. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I won't allow myself to really talk much about it. Um, Nor will I. No. Um, and I mean, even if I had remembered it, it wouldn't have been in the top ten. You know, it might have been an honourable mention. And uh, that's the Ricky Gervais show. Yeah, which is called the Ricky Gervais Show, but it's basically Carl Pilkington, isn't it? And uh, that's yeah, all I'll say. It's I wanted animated, to mention it. Animated XFM. Yeah, but not as good. Well, you would know. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 sometime get round to the top ten. You know, should have been pulled off air Saturday afternoon radio shows and <laughs> talk about <laughs> XFM there. But yeah, top ten, top ten podcasts. Yes, yeah, uh, that's not a bad shout. Who knows? No, but, no, um, no. Please, no. <laughs> anyway, that rounds off mini intro bullshit from me. Uh, or bollocks, should I say. Shall we have the jingle and just get into the top ten, Lars? Yes, we shall. All right. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, dear. We are fucking losers. We've, we've already had that show, haven't we? So... We all know the score by now. We're no strangers to a countdown, are we, Loz? <laughs> uh, this is no. our, our, our top tens. Uh, alternating makes complete sense, as we've done it before. I mean, everything yes. we do makes sense. Of course. To us. Uh, but um, So that's, you know, I don't see it panning out any differently. Why mess with it? And I feel like, the, uh, so didn't I go first with the, the honourable mentions? So uh, do you want to kick us off here, Loz? Uh, I certainly can if you uh, if that's the way you want to go with it. Yeah, use. take take the stage. <laughs> uh, Hit it. 
Hit it, baby. Um, right. Well, uh, I'm almost a little bit surprised. A, a, a few of these, including the, the two that are first up to bat, as it were. This is uh, Sherlock. I'm just going to okay. come straight out, uh, dole it out there. Sherlock, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, yep. uh, Mark Gattis. Um, I'm, I'm literally reading the Wikipedia. What a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I believe yeah, it's no. Gatus, just to be a pedant. I swear, my my, my brain is is wired Americanly, which is is oh, wrong. I know, but I mean, I've been saying Gatus for years, so don't worry. Move on. But but at the same time, I would say Lattice. I suppose it's spelt completely differently. Anyway, um, he's he's a man, not a pie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's got to go in the Scott Laws book, of course. You're opening Gambit for Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock, quotation marks, he's a man, not a pie. Um, Yeah, no, basically, Sherlock was one of those rare occasions, and I love my mum, but God bless her, rare occasions where mum went, oh, if you not watched this, I think you should watch it, it's really good. And I was like, oh, okay. And she went, actually, if there's a DVD, I'd quite like it, so do you want to buy it, and then you can watch the the previous bits? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I think I'd got uh, season one and two, I believe. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Just went into it completely blind, really. I mean, I barely knew who Benedict Cumberbatch was, and I knew who Martin Freeman was, but I was like, Tim from The Office. Yeah. Uh, as as Watson. And I was a bit like, mm, okay. Yeah, interesting choice. Yes, yes. Um, but it I mean, paid off. I- I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't say old Benny Boy was particularly the the most like the front runner in my mind for Sherlock, and I don't know whether it was the fact that it came somewhat slightly out of left field, but um, I really enjoyed it right after the bat. I thought it was intelligent, but it didn't take itself so immensely seriously. Yeah. Um, I felt like Benedict Cumberbatch had, had, did a really great job with. Sherlock and in fairness Martin Freeman is is a, is the perfect foil and I think they didn't necessarily play into it too much in the series but especially towards the start I thought they did a really good job making it believable that he was he'd seen action in I believe it was Afghanistan and came back with sort of PTSD and hence why he he was sort of far more sort of like you know no Sherlock wait and and all that sort of thing you know much more the hesitant uh, whereas Sherlock very much was bounding off into the distance and meeting every challenge and one thing I I thought was interesting right off the bat I believe either the first or the second episode uh, deals with the theme of of potentially there being werewolves and, and, and that sort of thing Okay. and at first I thought oh this this could go badly wrong and actually i was i was quite pleasantly surprised it's i don't want to a hundred percent percent i think it was quite well done in that i sensed peril and yet it never seemed to hinge on there being like actually a, a full-on vision of a lumbering sort of like slovering beast and i thought that was i genuinely like you know felt like the the peril they were in was was justified without it being ridiculous and that sort of intelligence uh with the peril uh made for quite a thrilling series i think that it's it's almost like uh i wouldn't i'd would hesitate to say legendary but uh i think the way that they sort of chose to visualize sherlock's deduction process and you know things like flowing across the screen and, and him sort of is it that no is it you know that sort of thing i mean i'm, mm. I'm probably really underselling it so you know <laughs> 
go and watch it for fuck's sake, and then you'll be like, mm, yes, Lars was right. Um, I mean, that, that, I, mean, I like that way of selling it. Imagine if that was the trailer. Just go and watch yeah, it for yeah. fuck's sake. Just, just me out in the garden, <laughs> just with a gin and tonic. Just, I, I don't drink gin and tonic, but you know that's why it's an advert. Yeah. Um, just having a little sip and then looking to the camera, going, "Just go and watch it for fuck's sake." Yeah. End. Uh, um, I, I have. Well, I say I've gone and watched it. I've, I've seen like two episodes. I think. Yeah. Um, former relationship. They, they were really into that, and I. Yeah, because the relationship lasted about as long as two episodes of Sherlock. Uh, and I I can't remember much of it, to be honest with you. I remember thinking it was very good, but yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd like to pick it back up and watch it properly, sure. But I don't want to waffle. I'd rather hear you tell me about it, because I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the, the two of them, I mean, especially more in, as we get into the latter stages of the Marvel universe, I think that, that's been... Uh, Possibly rightly, probably rightly, criticised for, you know, serious moments being undercut with humour. But I really felt like Cumberbatch and Freeman had, had, had really got a, a good sort of grip on how they could play it. And um, Mark Gatiss, he um, it is Mycroft Holmes, which is Sherlock's older brother. And he's such the perfect man to come in and sort of really wryly sort of like, oh, Sherlock, you are a show off. That sort of thing, you know. It, 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 there's some lovely little touches, and uh, I, I mean, a, a particular highlight of mine would be there's a bit where uh, Martin Freeman's getting married, and he makes Sherlock the the best man, and his best man speech is hilarious because it's like it's supposed to be like a glowing tribute. It's just sort of like I don't know why she's chosen this barely capable man as a partner, but so yeah. she has. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost don't want to say too much more. A, in, in terms of I don't want to put anybody off, and B, I feel like there might be people who are, feel like they're mega fans of this going, that's not quite right, you dick! No. And you, you know you know me, Scott, if there's one thing I do not want is to offend people. And, you um, know, like, um, Mark Gatiss, I, I can I can imagine him as Sherlock himself, to be honest. Yeah. But maybe that's because I, I just I think of Dr. Chinnery, you know, from the League yeah, of Gentlemen, yeah. you know, the vet, and I feel like they're very different characters, of course, but almost the, the, the mannerisms and the way he speaks and carries himself as Dr. Chinnery. I can imagine that carrying over to... Sherlock, you know, the character. Mm. And of course, I've seen that yeah, we're talking about something different entirely hit now, but the, the Sherlock films, I've seen one of those and thought it was very good. Totally different vibe. Oh, Robert Downey. Tar- target audience. Yeah, yeah. What a legend. But um, yeah, you know, there's no need to discuss the films. But um, yeah, you know, I haven't really got much I can offer in terms of input, I'm afraid, Lars. Uh, one thing I would just like to touch on, because I feel I can feel us moving on, and rightfully so. But um, actually, as much as I, I enjoyed the series, I remember a, a few, and it's, it must be a good few uh, Christmases ago now, they were going to return and do like a three-episode final series. And I was just like, I really would like to see how they put a cap on it. I mean, I think it's the end of season two is almost famous because uh, at the end of the season, it features, I think it's either both Sherlock and Watson or just Sherlock being thrown or jumping off the edge of a building and then like it basically ends with him in midair and <laughs> in in the in the start of episode three you think like well he's, he's gone off a building he's not got a parachute he's not got any rope or anything he's going to die 
and he like gets whisk, whisked in through some sort of like ridiculous convoluted si- series of like there's like a blanket hung out and like as it as he jumps right. into the blanket it's like whisks him through a window and then he's like changes costume and he's spirited away <laughs> i love the um idea of an episode starting with someone falling mid-air you know <clears throat> like, yes. that was the the first of the new series of the bake-off now coming next is sherlock credits roll and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lovely image of that god as i did that like little scream then i could feel like well i don't know what it was but it felt, it felt like my vocal cords popping and i was like oh no <laughs> like not now your balls dropping um, yeah yeah about time isn't it <laughs> um but yeah I, I just wanted to touch upon this final series that they did because i was a li- and i've heard it not particularly well received either and yeah i i must admit it it, it sort of put a bit of a an underwhelming cap on the series but i and i don't think it's the first series to come back to the well one too many times which is something that that might appear later on in my list but um but for, for me you know for the most part I've, I've really enjoyed everything that i saw of it i think that it was once again as i think i've i've said with some of my other choices it's something that i feel like i could re-watch quite a lot and oh, still cool. get a decent amount of enjoyment out of it because it's intelligently written and it is sort of uh you know really likable characters in the main so uh i shall draw a veil under that off we go <laughs> well a, a, a very worthy entry i'm sure and um, I'm sure I will get round to watching it eventually. Who knows? Well, maybe you know. maybe we'll do. You know the, how we did the watch list with the films. Maybe we'll <laughs> we'll do such a thing <laughs> again in due course. For I these. remember we attempted the watch list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't we attempt one and it got destroyed? And then uh, we redid it after we'd seen a bunch more films. Actually, so yes, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure there will be another watch list, but well, it's, it's harder like now. Your, a bit like your journey to Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. got to the Avengers and it fell off a cliff. All right. Well, I suppose it's over the net to me then. It is. Uh, so I suppose to, uh, well, yeah, I suppose to sort of intro the top 10 in general. I mean, uh, so if you think back to like, even before the honorable mentions, do you remember I like reeled off like most, most <laughs> of the most famous, famous series out there, you know, that, yes. that one might've expected to hear, you know, and then of course the, the likes of Breaking Bad, etc. So, So what's going to make it into here? <laughs> so the top 10 are all shows that I personally love, obviously. And I think, like I said before, they, they, they all seem, you know, they all do an excellent job of doing sort of both comedy and drama, you know, dramedy, as is the term. Um, I, well, with the exception of two that are probably out and out drama and maybe two that are out and out comedy, which well, actually that's almost half the list, isn't it? <laughs> Lol. Um, the, the other six uh, do absolutely cover both in almost equal measure, really. And my top 10, uh, sorry, my top 10, my number 10, there's no exception. And I reeled off a bunch of US sitcoms in the honourable mentions, you know, the likes of like Sunny, The Office, mm. Kirby Enthusiasm. Well, this loss is my favourite of all. Ooh. And it's Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so for those who don't know, Frasier is, is actually a spin-off of the show Cheers, which mm. was uh, Ted Danson's bar where everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Frasier was one of the regulars, not as regular as some. He was like far from being in every episode. But um, and I've not seen all of that show. But um, of course, it is the same character. 
And uh, he's quite an interesting character, really, Frazier. He's a, for those who don't know, he's a, he's a psychiatrist. And uh, curiously, he has a brother, Niles, who's also a psychiatrist. But, I mean, th- their their careers have sort of forged different paths, despite that, really, because Niles like, has his own practice. And then Frazier's lending his like, emotional therapy and guidance to a radio show instead. Really, it's Frazier, of course, that's like the main protagonist at like the star of the show but like yeah Niles is probably in second place so it's quite interesting and it's like almost quite unorthodox that they're they're not wildly like opposing characters you know no because if you think of something like two and a half men or peep show or or even the office you know it's typically it's like the contrast in the lead characters isn't it that makes it like enduring and and sort of ensures the longevity of the show really but like this is brilliant for Frasier and Niles being almost too similar mm. and like they're both really quite sort of snobby, aren't they? And, and uh, connoisseurs of the of the arts and like fine cuisine. And like, as a result, I think the show is unashamedly highbrow, uh, which is absolutely what I love about it. Uh, like their, their quibbles at times are ridiculous. But then, yeah, it's it's the characters around those two that are cut from a very different cloth, you'd say. And, and like, I guess that's where you get the sort of dynamic that I alluded to in other shows. Like, well, I mean, for example, in the very first episode, Phaedra invites his dad, Marty, to come and live with him. Mm. Um, and um, uh, him bringing his dog, Eddie, with him. And um, yeah, his dad couldn't be more different, could he? He's yeah. sort of a, a, a simpleton of sorts. You know, he just wants to like relax in his chair with a with a beer and watch the football, basically. Sure. But actually, his chair is one of the main things they sort of come to blows over, isn't it? Time and time again. Because, oh yeah. Because it sort of sticks out like a sore thumb in his like swanky Seattle apartment that's full of contemporary furniture, you know. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then you've got this chair, which is just magnificent. And. I mean, I'm not going to talk through the whole show, but um, yeah, n- not too long into it. Marty employs like a carer, doesn't he? Which is Daphne. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Daphne, when she comes into it, is very much a heartbeat of the show. Daphne Moon. Yeah. Uh, not least because she sort of becomes the apple of Niles' eye, doesn't she? Um, mm. He's like ridiculously infatuated from, from day one. It's one of those cases of like everyone knows but her, really. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, she shouldn't really be that for him you know she has almost nothing in common with Niles um she's English by the way I should probably say that she has this to be honest quite an attractive Mancunian drawl doesn't she which she basically yeah. she sounds like a southern person doing the voice of a northern person which is exactly what it was um in real life she's from London I think and uh, and also she claims to be psychic you know which would, yeah. would be a, a, a ridiculous notion to someone like niles you know he's like a man of philosophy and, and science but yeah there's this like great romantic sort of will they won't they subplot to be had with them like down the years oh definitely and uh, to be honest the more peripheral characters are brilliant as well like on fraser's radio station you've got his assistant Roz, who seems oh, to I, be i knew you'd bring Roz up yeah i, I mean she seems to be sort of horrendously unlucky in love or rather probably just has a horrendous taste in men i'd say i was gonna say some might say she's almost too lucky yeah yeah uh, yeah despite the fact i think she's super hot and she has like a a really lilting voice as well it's like new york accent that i just yeah just melted me a bit so i've always loved Roz. and then you've got like bulldog on the station as well who hosts a sports show and you know as you'd expect is sort of full of bravado and a sort of a good mini nemesis for Frasier at times. Yeah, he's, he's like you, almost like your stereotypical jock, isn't he? You know. Yeah, 
despite being a fairly like middling sort of bold chap, you know. I know, was, yeah. Not not like the classic chiselled captain of the football team. Yeah, exactly. How oh, he's far from being a chad. Yes. I suppose we should probably talk about Fraser himself, really, because obviously. Oh, I'm I'm really sorry. Just just because like, I I was going to bring Bulldog up if you didn't, and uh, bringing Bulldog up, uh, one of the, my other favourite characters is Gil Chesterton. Yeah, like... he's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> he's the food critic, isn't he? I think. <laughs> yeah, so unbelievably posh. I mean, even in front of Fraser, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just full of great characters. But yeah, I suppose we should probably talk about Fraser because obviously you know it's his show really, and and like yeah, basically. Well, I... You're cool, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm calling Fraser, mate. Let's talk Fraser because he is yeah. he is my favourite character actually. And um, yeah, basically the show <laughs> is like job, a, really. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's like a balance, isn't it, between you know his work life and but probably more so his personal life and love life. Really, I'd say being sort of the bulk of things over the different mm. seasons. There's like eleven seasons of the show, and um, I mean he seems to have no trouble getting a date. That's for sure. You know. Sure. The, and he has some interesting flings and, and relationships there. He's also got an ex-wife, who we should probably mention, Lilith. The who, Ice Queen. Yeah, but, but whom I also have a bit of a crush on, to be honest with you. Oh, good lord. Yeah, I, don't, I can't explain that one. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're on your own on that one, Sunshine. And you've got, like, um, Niles' ex-wife as well, Maris, who, interestingly, you never actually see on the show, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you, like, yeah. you hear of her time and time again. Or you might even at times see a shadow or a silhouette where they're almost having a bit of a joke with the whole thing. I don't know why they chose to do that, but it's just it's a bit quirky, I, I guess. I got a feeling it's because she was mentioned but never shown in um, Cheers and that that was sort of like, well, there was no one cast already, so let's just keep it going. Yeah, that's, we're, we're going to make Niles like a really prominent character and still do this. Yeah, I think that's quite like that. Um, I just love, yeah, it, it's it's a very sweet and charming show one minute with good pathos and sort of drama. And then the next minute, the most sort of absurd slapstick you can imagine, really, often involving Niles. One moment I always think of that makes me laugh is like there's a scene where Niles has been trying to reunite Daphne's parents who have been long divorced and oh uh, yeah far less than amicable <laughs> and he manages to get them out to dinner you know with Daphne and himself and it's it's going really well and, and Niles being Niles Niles is a very kind of wishy-washy sort of guy isn't he he's hard to describe he, he's yeah he's thinking this is going well so he sort of skips out I'll go and get some champagne out of the boot of the car you know so he like sort of yeah. skips skips down the road like, do, 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 like you know collects the bottle of champagne skips back do, 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 and in the space of those 15 seconds like <laughs> yeah. no, not he comes back in and not only are they literally at each other's th- throats but the table is somehow on fire you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous like the whole restaurant has got up trying to tear these two apart it's just I just love it. it it's yeah i genuinely think it's the best american sitcom uh, i mean it I'd, I'd say it fails in places you know in terms of trying to be funny or at least too broad like it's you know your classic laughter track and and there are times where there's like a punchline and then you know fraser does a big take to the side and it's but I'm, I'm more than happy to excuse it with this show because it has way less of that than its its peers and one thing i was gonna shout out actually just because it's a really great episode if you wanted to almost like have it in um in a nutshell there's there's lots of decent episodes one uh one i suppose one good one is the the when they do the radio play 
and um Fraser keeps like insulting people and like upsetting people and like so so many people end up quitting and by the end of the play he's you know gone through all of this to like make it a success and it's like three people left in the room because everyone else has just left and he's doing about 17 different voices do you, do you remember the one I'm talking about is this the one where he spends ages trying to do the theme tune as well like on my show on my show or is that a completely separate one actually I, I think I think you're right I think it's in and around that bit but it's the one where they're popping balloons to make gunshots. I, yeah, vague, there's so many episodes. I do vaguely remember that, yeah. But I think it, my, my personal favourite, sorry to cut you off, it, it, just because I, I know I'll forget it if I don't get it out. <laughs> there, there's one, and I mean, there's many, many ones where uh, Fraser and or Niles are throwing a dinner party. But there's one where Niles is like, no, this is my party and I'm throwing it my way. And like it ends up being naturally being a disaster because every time they try and have a party, it's a disaster. But like Niles is so determined that it must be a success and people must think that like, he's the bell of the ball and, and, and what have you. And it ends up being like, there's this like a dead seal washes up on the shore. Yes. Like, him and yeah. Frazier, like drag it out to the ocean and like, you know, sort of get, get it away. And then halfway through it comes back and like, Niles is seen outside like stabbing manically this seal. Yeah. People think it's Maris. <laughs> yeah. Dragged away. And like there's there's so many bits where Fraser's like hiding in the kitchen trying to help his his meal get turned around after Daphne's like ruined the, the meal. Uh, I, I mean this to, to people who haven't watched it, this is you must be like, what the fuck is this, lads? But yeah, trust me, it's good. Yeah, I mean the, the thing with Niles and Fraser, that they're, they're both they're both very sensitive, but they're also incredibly egotistical. And it's a yes. it's a curious blend and a perfect storm really to, to some of the encounters they have with people and stuff. My if I had to name a favourite episode, it would be one quite late on. It's like the penultimate season. And it's just it's a two hander for the most part between Fraser and Niles in a car because it, um Fraser's accidentally entered a car park and um he, <laughs> yeah. and he has to pay to to get out uh, and he makes a stand and he's like right well I'm going to stay here you know and get uh, use my, my 20 minutes and and block everyone else from getting out in his, his little crusade and and um I won't go through the whole thing because we're sort of running out of time but yeah I, I love that episode so much and also I don't know if you knew this Lars because not many people seem to but uh, whilst Fraser is going through his own sort of trials and tribulations in the show, um, Kelsey Grammer, who plays Fraser, was very much battling his own demons big time throughout um, cocaine. Oh, really? Yeah, cocaine and alcohol addiction to the point where I think the rest of the cast and crew held several interventions for him and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, but you, you never would have known, you know, unlike maybe you could say with Matthew Perry, you know, he played Chandler in France, you you know, you could sort of see his weight fluctuate and maybe he looked a bit gaunt at times and stuff, but that didn't really happen here. You know, it, it's as if this show is kind of both catastrophic for Kelsey Grammer, but also the thing that saved him as well, because he was homeless, I think, before the show was actually greenlit. And then, and then obviously, Jesus. yeah, um, but uh, uh, gave him the wealth, of course, to have unlimited access to the things that had caused some of that initial problem. So double-edged sword, I guess. But um, yeah. I remember hearing that he'd left his wife for like a gym instructor and that there, <laughs> there'd been like people being like, oh, you know, typical, you know, man trading in for a newer model sort of thing. And I was just like, well, you know. Yeah, you don't know the situation, so... Yeah, exactly. Have your opinion, and that's fine. Um, uh, there's actually talk of bringing Fraser back, you know, uh, which I, I 
quite like to see. I mean, even though I don't think it could ever be anywhere near as good. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, it was the, because the, this ran through, what, the 90s, really? It was the equilibrium of the, the right people together at the right time, as is the case with a lot of the great shows, particularly the ones that, you know, subjectively I, I love the most. And yeah, you know, of course, so that couldn't happen now for several reasons with Frasier. One, I don't think David Hyde Pierce, uh, Niles, is involved. And also the chap who played Marty is, is sadly no longer with us. Yes. Um, likewise, Eddie, <laughs> the dog. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they'd, they'd have to very much reimagine it in a different flavour. But I still think it could be great. I mean, Kelsey Grammer himself is certainly keen to bring it back. I think it is really excited about the material. And, and you know, ultimately, he's my, probably my favourite character. And, and I could see a, a an, an instance of the, the show in a different format with, with him. And, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I suppose the last season does sort of like... It, it it ends with him moving away from the rest of them anyway. So I guess you could do a continuation on that and like Fraser in his new setting. But yeah, if you were if you were gonna do that, I would say why have you waited so long? But I, I suppose in fairness, you know, it, as long as the people in it are enthusiastic and the writing is there, then you know, it could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll have to see. Uh, but anyway, in terms of time, uh, we'll Yeah, we'll I was going to say, another thing we'll have to do. Yes, draw Frasier to a close. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I'm happy I've said enough there. So let's we're going to have to take a, a mini break here, come back for part two with Loz's number nine. Hello, welcome back to part two. Over to Loz for his number nine, please. <laughs> what, wow what scintillating form Hughes um, well as we uh, we make the the journey through my mind and psyche probing and touching and skittering across certain parts dark or otherwise that you might not know were there but they're there and you know they are um, Do you know what, I, the, I, the, the, the way you said that? I was, you know, Marco Pierre White. Uh, not kind of, I guess. The, the chef. Oh, I know he's a chef, but I can't picture him. Oh, just sorry. The, something about the way you said that. I, his face was in my mind. When you eat it, you get toast, egg, and smoked salmon. A bit more texture with the poached egg. Enjoy. Uh, right, I have really fucking gone off the deep end with this one. I'm going to talk about Walking Dead. Nah, right. No, 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 no. In fact, actually, please insert Walking Dead theme. Oh, yeah, isn't it good? Right. Um, the Walking Dead for me is a funny one. Uh, it's not actually a funny scene. <laughs> but it it is a funny choice um i had the walking dead and a i got the walking dead and uh a broadwalk empire uh whilst i was working at hmv so i got the staff discount and i got a a season one and two box of both and i was like not sure if i'm really into and i hadn't got um this was back in the time where we had piss poor broadband at the home so uh, everything i got dvds for so i was like right okay heard these two things are good might excuse me might like it (laughs) sorry carry on (laughs) sorry (laughs) um oh man it's only because i do it all the time yeah exactly to hear other people do it 
well, you know, it, it's it's Toad coming back up to say hello. Uh, <laughs> so that I, I'm not even going to clarify that. Deal with it. Um, so I got the two together, and I, I know I've already talked about um, Boardwalk Empire, and it, the, the two, whilst they didn't sort of rock it off into you know the the upper echelons of my love, I, I was sufficiently interested in both to to pursue them further. And The Walking Dead, I have to say, I've I've often described it as one of those shows where from the first episode, by the time that first episode ends, if you're not sure you're bothered about seeing what happens after that, it's not for you. Yeah. It's one of it's one of those where it's like if you're not already invested by the end of the first episode in what happens to the main character and his journey and, and all the rest of it, switch it off. <laughs> Bit like The Last of Us recently, I suppose. I suppose so, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Rick Rick Grimes Grimes, fucking hell. Rick Grimes is uh is my dude. Um <laughs> I, I know actually he's probably especially coming I and I will confess right now I have not actually seen this show entirely. I've been told okay. the show picks back up towards the end, uh, and I will go over why I stopped watching and when I did. Okay. Um but f- f- Rick Grimes he is and I've spoken before about my love of sort of, you know, the the good guys who they almost like try and do good despite themselves sometimes. And there's times where you can see that he feels in his heart of hearts that really the situation calls for, whether it's violence or whether it's whatever, it's, it's what he knows has to be done. Mm. But he also knows that if he goes down that path, that things then become... Rick is having to tell people what to do. He's having to be the man in charge. He's having to be a dictator. And I think he's seen that when you take that route, especially in this post-apocalyptic world, that people who do have good intentions can be corrupted by fear and, 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 and you know, want self-preservation. And I, I think it, it's really interesting to see how, Rick Grimes who is a, a good man and a, a you know a, a a cop a family man and sort of all of a sudden is is literally his world is turned upside down I suppose not literally actually because they'd be standing on the ceilings that doesn't happen but yeah stranger he's... things to some extent yeah well that's stranger things isn't it yeah enough said on stranger things yeah yeah stranger anywhere for me no it's fine but it's it's certainly not I mean again not for me I don't think yeah, it was all right yeah yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, Rick Grimes is the main character, and I mean, there, there's, there's. I mean, I suppose if you've heard anything about The Walking Dead, he basically gets injured right at the start of the show, and then wakes up in hospital like two weeks later, and the world has just gone to shit. And there's he, like he twenty eight days later vibes. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. And there's, I think he sort of sees a couple of zombies hearing about, but it's not like the main threat to start off with. And he just is trying to find his way back to his wife and his kid. Right. And it it is a small spoiler, but it's, it's not really a big spoiler, but basically when he gets back to his family, which happens, I think within the first like couple of episodes, certainly the first like four or five, he gets back to his family and his partner, Shane has taken his place as like, his wife's lover right. and has tried to become like the de facto sort of like dad in that situation, thinking that 
Rick's in the hospital. Everything's just gone to shit. There's no way he's going to survive. And I mean, naturally enough, I think that the 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 situation writes itself from there. The sort of the he's he's got a lo- that sense of loyalty to his partner, and he sort of feels like, well, I I was ill, and he saved them from this situation, so I can't really be angry with him. And I think, despite the fact that his wife is like, oh no, there's no, no nothing's happened, and I'm just so glad to see you, and everything's fine, and she's secretly pregnant with the other guy's child, but she's oh, like, shit. everything's everything's fine, <laughs> you know. It's it's like that meme of the dog sitting there, and like everything else around him is is on fire, and he's like, this is fine, this is totally fine. It's <laughs> like um, um, Tom Hanks in Castaway, isn't it? He he makes his way back after all those however long it is, and then you know there she is with another man. Yes. That's where the similarities end, probably, between Castaway and The Walking Dead. So, Well, really... I, I apologise. It probably was quite a salient point, Hughes, but I've not seen it. No, it wasn't. We'll move on. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, there's, there's... One of the things that has always impressed me with The Walking Dead is I feel very much that it's a drama show where the background is zombies and the threat of zombies and, and like the post-apocalyptic thing and it's not just normal life you know it's not just a fucking sitcom or you know it's not just a, a teen drama or whatever you um but i do think there's is always a temptation with that sort of thing where people are like oh i want to see like cool variations of zombies and oh i want to see like different different creative ways for people to get killed and mm. actually some of the best parts of the show for me have and, and and will always be that element of good people trying to do the right thing and finding themselves coming up against people who do not give two shits about their morality yeah. as long as they get to fucking live another day. Yeah, it's I've not seen the show uh, and it's going to be very hard for me to not sort of relate more to The Last of Us because I have seen that recently. Um, yes. And of course, they're not zombies, strictly speaking. And and also, that's not the show we're talking about. So I'm going to try very hard to not talk about it. As good <laughs> as it was, though. Great. It was brilliant. But it seems as if, yeah, with The Walking Dead, there's the kind of the heartbeat of it is very much the humanity aspect and humans dealing with other humans in, in that environment, whether zombies or not, just that post-apocalyptic world. So that, that's, yeah, I'm glad to hear it, it's like that. That's what I thought it was like, based on what mm. I've heard from people. But yeah, I've, I've not what? seen it. One thing that I'm just going to quickly share, and I don't don't often go too serious with things, but actually, just to to give you a bit of a flavour, there, there there's a, a point I believe it's around series three, and there, there's often seems to be, and it's this was something that eventually did come to frustrate me a little bit, that it seems like they'd settle in a place for a certain amount of time, and it was almost like we're going to settle here because the plot needs so-and-so to talk to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so to have feelings for so-and-so and and that sort of thing. And it got a little bit frustrating that it it sort of was getting a bit like we're here for as long as the story needs to mature. And then once we've reached a certain plot point or something dramatic happens and, you know, like what zombies come through the wall. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that is sort of doing it as a service, but you know, I, I was getting to a point with it, around this sort of time that um, I was really wanting for the group to find somewhere secure, somewhere that they could really like take a a foothold. And they basically stumble across this prison. And for the most part, it's still completely intact and all the the perimeter fences and everything. And obviously, you know, it's, it's very secure and, 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 you know, there there's the very possibility that the place has been looted and stuff like that. But, 
there's you know obviously the chance that they've got guns and and handcuffs and and you know riot gear which you know obviously <clears throat> trying to defend yourself against stuff that's trying to bite you is is probably going to be quite useful but they they sort of set up in the prison and there's a there's a few dramatic moments as as you might fucking hope and then there's sort of a bit of a time jump and rick has sort of tried to put the gun down and become sort of almost like a moral leader for the people and they're trying to take people in they're farming and they don't realize that i think there's because there's sort of like this there's something in the water i think or something in the the ground which is polluting the crops they're growing and so people are eating because they need to eat to stay alive but it's caused sort of a virus Right. Among, amongst the crew, they uh, recruit this guy called Herschel, who owns the farm that they stop on for a time. And, and Herschel's a really great character, really well played. Um, uh, I shan't really dwell on too much longer, but um, he, he is, trust me. Um, and he, he, he's a, a, like a deeply religious man. And he also is, is you know, it, 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 people start to be taken sick. And so they're, they're moved into like the infirmary and then more people get sick and more people. And, 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 and suddenly they're trying to treat 20, 30 people who are all starting to get really critically ill. And he sort of sees it upon himself as like to to the other people that uh, they don't know whether if they're going to be around these people, is that going to infect them more or if these people die and then turn, are they going to be immediately sort of eaten? Because in The Walking Dead, that's one of the, the a very good plot device as far as I'm concerned, which is everyone's already infected. The the virus which, which causes people to come back from the dead is in the air, it's in the water, it is everywhere. So it's already out there. And it was just so happened to be like once it got released, it was released on mass sort of thing. So right. every, everybody, so anyone dies, they come back as a zombie. So they're obviously having to separate these people. And uh, everyone's obviously really worried because it's like, well, if we can't grow crops, if we can't make this sustainable, then really all we're doing is waiting until the supplies run out. And then we're backs up against the wall once again on the road looking for somewhere else because you can't just stay somewhere with no food and you know there's there's enough people there that you know they would need a significant amount of food to to not be able to not have to move on something anyway there's there's people people dying and it's it's a, a really like serious thing and herschel bless him heart bless his heart he he sort of really tries to be like strong for everyone else and is really sort of you know like they look to him and sort of go, you know, what do you think, Herschel? And, you know, is this is a sign from God? Are we being punished? And he sort of it doesn't sort of saccharinely say, oh, no, it's all going to be fine. But he's like, if God tests us, it's because God wants us to learn a lesson and that sort of thing. And really, like, calms people down and sort of says to people, you know, even though this is not a, a good situation that, you know, we're going to get through it if we stick together. And I think that's a, a lovely message. And then there's uh, a, a point where he, he basically finishes talking to his daughter and, and she says, do you, do you really believe that? And he says, yeah, he says, I think we're really going to be OK. And he goes out and he looks out almost like almost slightly stereotypically like out onto the sunset. And there's uh, a song which uh, I, I'm going to see if I can find now because I'm going to kill myself if I can't. That's that's a bit dramatic, but you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Um, I think it's called Ponies in the Water, but it's like it's an, an amazing piece of music. If I can uh, find it, uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> so anyway, the 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 point of it being is he basically like without saying anything, he looks on into the distance, and you can see that like his faith is totally shaken. Mm. And I mean, his 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 faith anyway was sort of shaken by by the world going to shit anyway but he realized you know he acknowledges you can just see the pain in his face that he's like i just totally lied to everybody i lied to my daughter i don't think that anything is going to be okay and i don't know what to do and the only thing that i can think to do is to lie to stop people from panicking because that's all i've got left It's so poignant. And I just remembered being overtaken with that sort of like, despite the fact that he's a good guy and like a, a good man, that not only is he actively doing the wrong thing, but he's actively doing the wrong thing because he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. And that that moment then, that that sort of feeling of what what have we got left? was so poignant for me and 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 that's you know one of the reasons why i was just like no actually even for a show that i i did give up on after a while because some of the writing became a bit sort of cyclical and i i did have problems towards i think it's about season seven season eight where i noticed some of this sort of trend in writing where they would sort of like stack the deck so extremely and then the last minute, da, 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 someone swoops in and like fires off a rocket launcher or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like you go from they're all dead. Clearly, they're all dead. There's no way out of this to everybody's fine and it's all fine. And they've, <laughs> they've managed to get away from it. That's when I started getting a bit like, mm. but the, the core of The Walking Dead, I would say from sort of series one to five, particularly, um, I, I thought it was enthralling television. I, I really invested in the characters. I cared about not only who they were, but what they did. And I wanted them to have a good life. I wanted them to sort of get on and, and progress. And shit, isn't that what we're here for? I mean, that, that's what good TV is supposed to do. And that that's what made me think, no, Walking Dead's going on my top 10. Yeah, nice. I mean, unfortunately, there's very little I can add. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, a, lo- a lot of the themes you touched on there are interesting and things that would make me maybe want to watch it. But if I'm being honest, I, I just I can't see myself watching this because, I, I, as we've established, zombies is just one of the sort of running narratives, really. But I don't know. I just I, I don't find myself that captivated by that sort of thing. There's a couple of zombie films I quite like. Like I said, uh, The Last of Us was different. And so, and also, if it tails off for like three series, I just I can't see myself getting through those. And so, sure, I don't, sure. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I, I may well end up watching it. Um, well, as I've said to you before, I think watch the first episode and see how it goes. Yeah, and do you know what? <laughs> that, that's what I said a minute ago, and what you just said there probably segue nicely into my next pick, actually. Because, well, yeah, the first episode, I'll, I'll get to that at some point. But ah, ah, I'm so sorry. 
the the song I'm on about is a guy called Ben Howard, and the song is Oats in the Water. And if we oh, can okay. get a bit of that at any point, but yeah, it's such so, such not ponies. A no, no, fuck <laughs> me. All right, well, into my number nine then, I suppose. Oh yeah, um, and uh, this so so. This is one of the shows in the top ten that, that is out and out drama, I'd say. And uh, you know, it has as much sentiment as any other, but for a different reason here. And it's because like Vicky and I discovered this together. Um, right. knowing absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> and and um, that's not typically how I start watching anything. You know, it takes a lot for me to like embark upon a show that I know will take a lot of time and um, usually when I do it it's like from word of mouth to quote the great ludicrous once more on the show. <laughs> uh, Word of mouth. Mouth, you. sorry, yes. And so that's why, you know, I, I don't know whether I'd get round to The Walking Dead, among other things I want to watch, but, like, yeah, basically, we were we were looking for something that would, like, almost become sort of our show rather mm-hmm. than, like, rather than, like, a recommendation from one to the other, which we'd got through, like, say, The Office or, or Breaking Bad recently. You know? And, you know, we scrolled through different streaming platforms, and this was the this was the first one we both seemed interested enough in to sort of give it a go. And let me tell you, we absolutely hit the jackpot like first time with this choice, uh, which is a, a wonderful show called This Is Us. Oh uh, yes, uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, if anyone interested. And um, I, I, I sort of don't want to say too much about this one, actually, because, well, so the, when you were talking about the first episode um, with The Walking Dead, yeah, the first episode with this, it has a, a brilliant twist that kind of sets up the rest of the show in a way. Uh, right. It's genu- genuinely one of the best first episodes of anything that I've ever seen. In fact, I, I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. Wow, it's it's very emotional, very poignant, um, and I'd absolutely suggest checking it out, Lars. I'd be interested to see if it pulled your heartstrings in the same way. But I mean, the show as a whole, it very much deals with family and all the things that come with that. That like there are topics such as um, addiction, uh, death, uh, but yeah, ultimately, I suppose that the pursuit of you know purpose. And like self worth and happiness, and we know I love that in a film. So why wouldn't I in a series? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it it actually interestingly spans multiple timelines concurrently, and mm. it does it excellently. And also without it being in any way sort of Christopher Nolan like, you know, it, <laughs> it's simple to follow, and it's it's not there for the sake of it at all. And it's yeah. I'm struggling for what to say because I'm, I don't want to give much away with this. I mean, it stars like Kevin, Kate, and Randall. Uh, Randall was by far our favourite character, and you've got uh, Jack and Rebecca as well separately, um, or is it separately? And um, <laughs> and uh, yes, almost all I want to say really. I mean, the one thing I can <laughs> one thing I can say is that there's there's a certain event right that's that's alluded to very early on in in the series. And, and a great deal of the show is kind of spent building to that moment uh, in, in one of the timelines that's running. But you're not sure when it's going to happen exactly or, or how. And, and that's really, really well done. And it's just absolutely superb 
poignant drama, basically. I mean, if I could level one criticism at it, um, uh, because we, we like to take a balanced view here on the Scott and Lush show. We do. It's, uh, it's that it, it, maybe sometimes it tries too hard to be a bit unpredictable and to, you know, catch sure. us out and go the other way. I mean, nothing to get anywhere near spoiling any part of it, really. But, I mean, there's like there's a show coming up later on my list which does like a perfect job time and time again of doing that sort of thing, subverting the expectations of the viewer and then having these spectacular twists. And, and this show just is not in the same league with that. But then, frankly, nothing is. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's the, the one thing that sort of renders this like a 9 out of 10. Uh, literally, my 9 out of 10. And, um, <laughs> and stops it from being perfect. But it's so close to perfect, I can't tell you. Uh, it is genuinely some of the best drama you'll, you'll ever see anywhere. And wow. I, I cannot believe there are not more people talking about this show. Like it, it, This is one of the best shows of all time. Like For, sure. for, for drama, I've basically put it above Breaking Bad. You know, yeah. like I, I can't recommend this show highly enough. And... Um, yeah, I'd love for you to like check out the first episode, Luz, and let me know what you think. Um, sure, it'd be interesting to, to get your thoughts on it. But I, yeah, it's short and sweet that one. It, it's I love it so much; it's brilliant. But for anyone that hasn't seen it and might be interested in watching it, if I was to say too much more, then it might spoil what is a wonderful opening episode. The way that it unfolds and reveals kind of how it's it's going to be, and mm. and I wouldn't want to spoil that experience for anyone else because. You know, after that first episode, like our heads turned to each other and we were like, oh my God, this is like exactly what we were looking for with, with this. And like we mm. found it, you know, and we've got like another five seasons of this and, and it was just a great feeling. And uh, like I say, I don't tend to jump into longer series on the whole. So I was just so pleased that from the get go, this was as good as it was. And it, and it's it's strong throughout. I wouldn't say it really gets weaker as it goes on at all you know it's just, wow that's it's, that's that's a a, a big uh, statement that is yeah Very good to hear though yeah it's just consistently brilliant throughout there's five seasons of it i can't remember how long you know it's 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 probably your standard it's an american show and it's probably your standard like fair for that type of thing i think they're like 50 minute episodes and there's maybe like 18 in a season something like that but it's it's well worth its time spent watching Hmm, interesting. As I say, I I I, <laughs> I can't really add anything because I've not heard of it. I, well, I have heard of it, but I've never never really heard anyone talk any anything about it. Certainly not to the depth that you just have. So um, I'm immediately intrigued. Yeah, they're, they're all interesting characters that that you do develop a real closeness with. I think, or as much as he can, as like a, an outside viewer. And although the experiences they go through are somewhat, you know, far removed from like our lives. It still feels somehow very relatable and very real. And if it didn't, then it it wouldn't be half the show it is really, because it, it requires that sort of thing, I think, to keep you, keep you watching and keep you enthralled with it. And that's all I'm going to say on that one. It's, it's, it's superb. Okay. Um, one thing I, w- I was going to say, um, something I just almost wanted to, to touch upon really, because it's only a, a silly little thing between us. But if you remember in the previous episode, we'd almost sort of set each other a challenge to see like um, we were su- going to suggest uh, one of the uh, honorable mentions to, for the other to check out. And I must admit, I looked at the last of us a few times. Yeah. And I don't know quite what it was because I don't have any ill will towards it. And I, I, you know, obviously you recommended it for a start. Every time I felt like putting it on, 
I found something else to put on first, and I was just <laughs> like, and uh, um, I don't know why, because I've heard good things about it. But I, well, I, have I, you played the, the game? I can, no, this is it. I was going to say the only thing is I don't have that association like you do, and I was worried that if it's just purely on the drama itself, am I going to still have that reaction like you do? So I, oh, I, I, was I, just... I would massively recommend that the next time you're in that quandary, you do press the play button. Uh, because, <laughs> again, there's only eight episodes. No, is it eight or is it ten? I think it's eight. I think it's nine, isn't it? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, one of, it's either eight, nine or ten. I can't fucking remember. But um, <laughs> it's the first episode of that. If that doesn't pull you in, then, you know, have you got sort of 45 minutes to well actually i say that that um i mean here we are talking about the last of us but the episode lengths wildly vary with that show i think the first one's not too long but then the the second and third are like an hour and 20 minutes or something it just varies but oh i'd massively recommend watching the last of us yeah when we did the last episode uh and i talked about it i think only like one episode had aired or something whereas now of course yeah. it's, it's finished and it, it was brilliant yeah as someone who's played the game as well and went in with a certain level of expectation uh it, it really delivered but at the uh, same time I, I one thing that i'm also curious about is do you remember what i asked you to watch yeah, it was. Um, well, I, I, I think so. It wasn't at the very final honourable mention, which you kind of came up with on the fly because we both had South Park and we both had something else. I think it was always sunny, and then so yeah. they, you, and then because we dealt with them both together, you, at the end you were like, "Oh shit!" Well, I haven't really got a a tenth one to mention now. And you came up with I can't remember what it was called. Something's House of Something. I think. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm impressed you managed that. Much. Yeah, it's Aunt, Auntie Donna are the are the group that the 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 three guys that do the the comedy. But it's Auntie Donna's big old house of fun. That's and right. I was rewatching some of it the other day, and like again, I, I'm not going to re go over what I feel about it, but like I I will every bit definitely watch The Last of Us, but p- please, I I, I am <laughs> genuinely going to beg you. Please watch it because I am so desperate to talk to you about it. Okay. Just because I think you are just going to be like you. You are. It's. I guarantee you now as well. There's two things. You are either going to go, mate. This is brilliant. It's ridiculous. It's. It's. You know. I love it. It's. It's zany, but like in ways that, and sometimes it's childish. And whatever. You know. However, you're either going to be that way about it. You're going to go, mate. It pissed me off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> all right but i i don't think i would genuinely i always pride myself on my recommendations and i don't think that you would feel that way about it. i think um you'll be intrigued and amused like i was but uh, yeah but please yeah so i guess i had, I, I had other things to do mate i went to camp yeah. world mate <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I'll, I will. I, mean, do. I, I promise you, I will do. Um, I was going to say, and I promise you, I will watch the Last of Us. I will. All right, cool. Um, so that's our that's our challenge for next time, and I'm going to hold you to this. Yes. Okay. okay. I hold myself to it. We hot. We, this is a blood oath right now, Hughes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm game. I'm bleeding for this. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, I, I so look, I look forward to it. So that was This Is Us, which then led to The Last of Us uh, and then yeah. uh, Auntie Donna's House of Fun. But so um, where, where are we now? Uh, I mean, we've obviously got time to continue into uh, f- further into the top 10. So do you want to start on your number eight? eight is it? God, I'm so, I can't even count backwards from 10. Yeah, we've done <laughs> two each. Um, 
or do you want to yeah i mean do you want to make a start or i'm just i'm looking at the time and of course we've got seven minutes left before we have to start the next meeting so do you want to make a start on this one and then resume or do you want to just stop this one now um i suppose actually considering we've got to wait for five minutes in between then i might as well make a start so uh coming in at number eight on uh, on Loz's big old list of uh, TV shows is the C- TV series Mind Hunter. Okay, heard of it. I don't again. know. Whether, I was going to say I don't know whether you're familiar with Mind Hunter, but um, so Mind Hunter is is I think it's a Netflix exclusive. It's basically about um, the revolution in uh, the FBI sort of criminal profiling and how they were. In, in different places was sort of guilty of you know oh it's just a crazy guy and actually you know they had a serial killer in their area and like they just weren't putting things together and they weren't necessarily like uh their interrogation methods and things like that weren't particularly advanced and 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 uh, this guy comes along and he almost sort of somewhat miraculously uh is able to sort of like exhibit a way of thinking which which gets him insights into cases that no almost nobody else has sort of thing and and, and <laughs> i'm not going to say that's all it, all it is because mindhunter <laughs> is is a strange beast actually it's, it's sort of dark and, and brooding and th- there is like an a, a definite sense of unease that is is woven into to all of it and even though there are there are times where you know there are scenes where people are sat down having dinner and, and scenes where sort of like scenes in one character in particular feeds a stray cat, but not necessarily just because of that, but there are elements where those scenes are interwoven with a, this, as I say, general feeling of unease. And I think it's supposed to reflect almost like the unease of people, like the, the death of the age of innocence. That's sort of like, it's not just, somebody has sort of like gone mad and just started slashing about. And that's why this person has been killed. But it's actually, you know, the acknowledgement that this might be someone's sexual desires. And this mm. might be something that someone has sort of like planned out in advance and, 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 you know, carefully orchestrated to, for, for, for all of their sort of sick and twisted desires and their need to sort of control and, 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 and that sort of thing. I mean, I, I'm not a, a criminal investigator, but, it's it's a really immersive show. I find. I think that's that's one of the things that I would say. It, uh, maybe others find it different, but I I often find if I can sort of immerse myself into a show, there's something that really helps me get into it. There's there's some really interesting bits where they initially are going around talking to various different and they, and they use um, very not- notable uh, serial killers, Ed Kemper. There's bits with um, the BTK killer. Uh, there's, you know, I, 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 I guess, you know, this is probably means not a lot to not many people, but um, you know, th- these interview sessions where they're talking to ex-cons, not ex-cons, current cons, actually, I should say, people in jail who were never ever going to see the light of day because they're horrific crimes, and of course it's again how factual it is but it's pictured that like almost nobody has really thought to talk to these people after they've been convicted <laughs> sorry i am um... fucking hell 
I tried to blow my nose, uh, thinking I could do it surreptitiously, and then I realised I hadn't moved the um, the mic away from my mouth. I, I a nose. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get yourself a mute button, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I don't use my Jabra that I use at work. Honestly, it's I've got such a, a slick working setup with like three screens and all sorts of stuff going <laughs> and then my the, what i'm using here for, for personally for doing it's shambolic in comparison this laptop has got maybe another episode left and um yeah uh, uh, sorry oh, guys wow. for that um uh put it back to you yeah good, good luck to those of you listening on earphones <laughs> um I'm sort of a bit lost after that, actually. But yeah, so so it's it's the the development and the evolution of sort of the, the way the FBI and, and indeed the police sort of treat criminals and criminal behaviour and that sort of thing, interspliced with, you know, the effect that delving into these things and being around these things has on people's relationships, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, their husbands and wives, and and their children ultimately, and what what that sort of you know the lasting effects of poking around in in the the dark underbelly of of america uh, mm. will do to you and you know mixing in real events I, I i think it's 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 played very very well it's very authentic and again i i feel like you you can associate with the characters and i i think you you want them to do well i almost am, am sort of like I, I worry that I'm being too similar with some of my descriptions of these things, and ultimately, I guess it's all subjective. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, does, it makes sense that there's a common discernible trend here. You know, these make your top mm. ten. You know, similarly to your music selection, is yes, I suppose so. Yeah, I definitely got strong tastes, and, and whatever appeals to that taste is, is, is often very successful with me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, no. I, I'd hate for you to get cut off mid-flow, right? Uh, we've yeah, got le- yeah. less than a minute before we cut off, so it, uh, are you able to curtail it there? And, and we'll, um, I'm not saying let's end it there. We'll come back to the yeah, show, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, we'll come back to the show uh, when we resume, but I just, yeah, I just wanted, in case you uh, hadn't noticed. No, no, but... you, you're very right. All right, well, see you in a minute then. All right. Uno momentito, por favor. Boy. <laughs> That'll be it. Right, uh, we continue in earnest with uh, with Loz's number eight, which was Mindhunter. You you keep saying continue in earnest, and I'm just like, who is Ernest, and and why are we continuing within him? Um, so yeah, my, Mindhunter. I, <laughs> coming coming back to it, I think we sort of left off at uh, almost the, the end of of what I wanted to say. Um, but one of the things that I felt that it was important to say was despite the fact that it can be quite macabre and, and you know, there's, you know, obviously bits where they're going around murder sites and they're talking to people who are not just murderers, but, you know, like paedophiles and like the worst types of people that I was oddly, I missed it when it was gone. You know, I was sad to see that it, it was coming to an end and I genuinely um, wanted to see the next season, but apparently uh, Netflix have have announced that it's um, it's too costly. Um, which, considering what sort of show it is, I find surprising. But hey, I'm not in TV, um, but I want to watch it. Netflix, so fucking pull your finger out, lads. Uh, <laughs> oh, Netflix, man. Like I said, they, they've just been up in their prices, uh, removing their best shows, clamping down on people sharing the passwords. I, I can't. I can't understand how they're still going to be in business in a few years' time. 
Well, yeah, they're certainly pushing it, aren't they? And one thing I I, I must admit, I've got the uh, Wikipedia up. Um, I I hadn't realised until after I'd watched the the full set. Um, but it's David Fincher. Oh, okay. Like, he's certainly one of the executive producers. Um, but yeah, again, I kind of feel like I've said what I needed to say. But yeah, very atmospheric, very involving. Um, not necessarily one for the weak of uh, stomach, but. Um, <laughs> I think uh, very much rewarding uh, for those that were invested. And... Nice. Again, I'm afraid I'm in a position where I can't say anything. Um, yeah. But I'm, in- I'm certainly interested based on what you said. So uh, I guess I'll add that to the list. And um, yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see a, a watch list part two coming, you know, with series here. Yeah, I, I can see that. It, it certainly, um, we can sort of trade like we did before, as you say. Yeah, because I mean, I suppose so. Uh, uh, my number eight. I mean, don't know if you've seen this. I feel like maybe you have somewhere. I don't know. If you're okay with me moving on to that, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Please do. All right. Well, um, so yeah, my my, my eighth favourite show of all time is The Trip. Ah, yeah. And um, yeah, this one is an interesting premise. Um, Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan touring various countryside and dining in, in various restaurants and antagonizing each other mercilessly along the way is, is how I describe it. It's um, I mean, it's actually written. Uh, it's written by a guy called um, Michael Winterbottom, I think. It'd be mildly embarrassing if I got it wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's loosely written. Uh, they they're given like reasonable free reign to like improvise over the way they discuss like the the subjects that are like on the script and and um, it's it's the discussion itself that like absolutely makes this one of my favourite shows ever. Whether it's like <laughs> talking about like eating Mo Farah to survive after a plane <laughs> crash, you'd start with him because he'd be a leaner meat. Or, or like more serious ruminations on on life, you know. It it it's either hilarious or fascinating. Um, the conversation, and th- I mean, they're obviously both very talented impressionists, and of course, this comes out all the time in the show. But despite how much of it there is, it, it doesn't feel like the show is like a shameless vehicle for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and also, despite the sheer amount of like tantalizing food that comes up in the show, like all sorts of cuisines, <laughs> like it never feels like a food review show either. It, it's, it's almost carved itself this weird niche position of being in between those two things and just ultimately being about friendship, really. And, and like the only comparable show that I can think of, even though it's still very different, is Mortimer and Whitehouse Gone Fishing. Yes. But, like, as much as those two are, like, my absolute heroes, Bob in particular, um, that show somehow falls flat compared to this, for me. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like Gone Fishing, don't get me wrong, but uh, there are some very genuine and sweet moments that I love. But equally, there's a lot of what feels like sort of forced performance in that show and almost a, a pressure to come up with something. Whereas yeah. whereas with, with The Trip, uh, even though, weirdly, this is the one that's scripted, it actually comes off much more real, um, and also much funnier to me, and I suppose that's testament to the talents of like, Coogan and Bryden, it, albeit a different kind of talent and acting, really. I suppose you'd say, but like it, it feels like half acting and half genuinely them being themselves, and that's interesting. And uh, there's there's a lot of mockery of each other's respective careers, which I think they both yeah. sort of secretly enjoyed quite a bit, to be honest. And um, 
each series of the trip, there's four of them, and they're set they're set very differently. But the core of the show is always exactly the same, and that's what kind of really makes it work. But like, yeah, outside of Rob and Steve, I, I do enjoy how different everything else is with each series. For example, the first one is them touring across Northern England in kind of very much a, a love letter to the North, really. I think especially from Steve's point of view, because he's from somewhere around Manchester, I think. And the second series is my other favourite, set this time in uh, in Italia, as they mm. they rent a Mini Cooper and, and drive the Amalfi Coast with um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill as the soundtrack, <laughs> quite brilliantly. And, um, you know, singing it in the style of Roger Moore and all sorts of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of scenes of them in the car, as you can imagine. I mean, they they do spend a lot of time in, like, in restaurants and food is like a yeah. big part of it. But they do spend a lot of time in the car. And it's, you know, the, the whole, like, notion of um, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Or, you know, I travel not, not to go anywhere, but to go, you know, all of that. Yes. Um, and so a lot of the time is just then in the car, you know, in, in transit, as it were, you know, like just enjoying the journey and, and enjoying each other's company and hating each other's company in equal measure. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I mean, they like they visit Pompeii, you know, in series two and there's all these other things they do as well. And, and oh, I mean, the scenery is just jaw dropping, especially in series two. Um, and then uh, again, very notably, you've got the third series, which is set in Spain. And um, obviously, I have to mention Series 3 because one of my oldest and dearest friends pops up in the Series 3. Like, mm. And, and um, this is Tom Clegg, of course, the great Tom Clegg. And he's afforded a nice chunk of time with his role in that episode as well, which is interesting because given, for the most part, this show is very much a two-hander. Yes. Like, like there are occasionally other characters that come into it. There's Steve's agent pops up and, and a, a photographer who I think sort of comes back once in every series actually, but like for 99% of the time, it is just Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden, uh, like doing some of my favorite work they've ever done. Uh, like Coogan might pop up again later, but uh, it's fair to say that Bryden won't. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's no disrespect to, <laughs> to Gavin and Stacey or, uh, or would I lie to you? I mean, that's or, or the Welsh in general. That's part. Yeah. I mean, would I lie to you? It's probably my favourite panel show, but um, mm. yeah, you know, th this is like very much the, the 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 summit or the zenith, you know, of really both of their work in a way, um, especially with with Rob Brydon, who um, is just brilliant in this. I mean, I don't think I, I've not seen anything else with him in where where these talents have been on show, apart from obviously with his impressions. But I love the way he carries himself in this. He's such a vibe, and of course, Steve is typical Steve Coogan in this. And, um, oh, I just, I love this so much. Like it's, um, I always knew this was like a top sort of 10 show and, um, yeah, you know, when I actually sat down to work it out, it's, it's arrived at number eight and, and yeah, mm. uh, rightfully so. And uh, again, you know, it might seem mad that something like this comes above Breaking Bad, but just, I don't know if you've seen it, Loz, but it's, it's, it's something like this that because I say like the conversation drives it and I love that. And this is one of those shows that I could almost just have on in the background, like for comfort, you know, like I, I could go to sleep with it on um, mm. or I could work with it on in the background, even though I've heard the conversation before. It, it's, it's that sort of thing for me. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I haven't, I can't honestly say that I've watched a single episode uh, fully. No, no, you've definitely shown me the bits with Tom in um, and uh, loved it. I mean, I naturally, uh i will always support uh clay's career and um 
it, it, you know, any situation is better with Tom Clegg in, bless his heart. Just amazing but, um, see, seeing, you know, an, an old and dear, you know, Tom Clegg, who I've known for like uh, 30 plus years, mm. just popping up in like one of my favourite shows of all time. <laughs> like, the <laughs> fuck? Like, it's just mad. Yeah. Yeah. What What is life? Yeah. Um, and what is life is a, again a sort of a you know a rumination of theirs, time and time again with this. You know, have they achieved what they wanted to with their respective careers? And um, yeah, it's it's very introspective and very. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. Uh, it'll come to me, but it's it's just it's <laughs> it will come to me, or I'll get really annoyed. I, I was going to say, you're going to send us a postcard with it on. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, back to you. Sorry, I'll have a okay, think in the meantime. Okay. I will be listening to you, but in yeah, the back in the look? background, I'll be trying to think. What's this fucking word? <laughs> I say this word all the time. Um, well, I've certainly watched the the compilation of um, all the impressions done, so that definitely gives a, a a minor flavor. But at the same time, I I definitely get the gist. You know, I I think because I was not aware b- before. I think this show came about that. Bryden is Coogan's sort of like protege and he'd sort of apparently almost like groomed him for success. Um, I'm not sure either would particularly like to, to put it that way, but that's, that's yeah. the way I understand it to be. Oh, I've thought of the word, by the way. Yes. Existential. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. Sorry about you, you. If you can't plop out an existential every now and again, well, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd plop it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I th- I think they're definitely two people that are used to each other's company, and I don't necessarily think that that uh, is necessary for this sort of show. But yes, I I think that's pro- possibly what elevates it above something like fishing with uh, with White House and um, Mortimer. Uh, and I must admit, I've not watched an episode of that, so I'm. Oh, you still there? Oh, we've lost Lars. Hopefully, you can still hear me. Oh dear! Despite the fact that I love them both, he's but back. Yeah. Sorry, we lost you there. Unless it was just me. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you sort of went a bit like, oh, uh, oh dear. Network problems, ladies and gentlemen. Um, mm. We're back though. We're all good. Yeah. So you haven't seen either. I mean, they're they're both the thirty-minute episode format. So again, mm. you know, just but just bookmark some time. Let's watch one of each <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, report back to me with your your findings. I guess. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, Shall we say yeah, uh, no, close it, the play it, Tuesday? <laughs> Don't put rules on me, baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think it's very English, very, very charming. I can see totally why you like it. It's just something that I, I never necessarily got into, but I am more than open to where uh, to giving it a go. Yeah, it's curious that you know, I find these two. Much, oh, palatable's not the word, but but just much more watchable and lovable in this than I do like my comedic hero above anyone else, and Paul Whitehouse as well. But but that's kind of what I was hop- hypothesizing was that I think because these two have spent such a degree of time together, and I think even though Bob and uh, Paul have both been in similar circles, I don't necessarily think that they've spent a massive time around each other. Certainly, professionally. Well, interestingly, there's that that element of like showing off to each other a little bit that makes it a bit ingenuine in a way. Well, I think yeah, definitely the the trying to make each other laugh in a, in a cuddly way, really, in in um, gone fishing. Whereas actually, believe it or not, in this, 
because obviously you know when a new series of the trip comes out i don't know if they're doing anymore i think they've actually stopped it but um mm. they you know when they do their typical junket of interviews and stuff they they one of the main things they say is that we're like we don't see each other like outside of this show you know they're, yeah that ships in the night maybe you know like here and there but they they don't like they don't hang out like you'd think they would based on what you see in the show uh and like sort of the, the you know the, the but I, I think they would have before surely i mean and that they sort of they do each series under the guise of like oh you know the guardian who asked me to go out and do another series of uh food reviews Ugh, no one else was available do you want to come sort of thing and he's like oh yeah, yeah. well you know <laughs> will, will they put us in first class and he's like well they're offering business and he's like all right you know, and that's the setup for the series. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then they go off and have this adventure, you know, with lo- lots of stuff that comes up along the way. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm conscious of time and we've got others to get to, but I, I really, really love the trip. You know, I'm just going to keep saying that about every entry, aren't I? I really, really love it. Yeah. But, but to round it off, I do really, really love it. it. It's Ever since I first saw it, I absolutely fell in love with it. It's di- different to any other of my favourite shows um, it's just as rewatchable as any other. I haven't watched it in a while. It's one of the ones that I would hope that maybe Vicky and I can watch at some point because I think she'd love it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first two series were on like, I don't know. It, it moved from one platform to I think like Sky Atlantic or something for series three and four. But, um, you know, you'll be, you can find it out there. Yeah, it started as a BBC show, didn't it? Yeah, maybe it was just iPlayer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not important. You know, we can we can find it. We can if find you, it. If, if you're that bothered, you will find it. Let's put it that exactly. Way. Yeah. So uh, unless there's anything else from you, Lars, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah move on to your number seven, I guess. Uh, well, actually, Hughes, I, I think we might as well call it a, a day there. To be honest. Oh, you want to end it there? Yeah, I, I think I think we've 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 naturally come to a nice point. I feel. All right. Cool. <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut your legs out from under you. No, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no you're not alright fair enough uh, time got away from me I guess alright well I mean that's a lovely way to end proceedings as far as I'm concerned it's um, it's a show that I just want to go and watch now now I've talked about it yeah so. and, and, and I must admit I kind of want to start a new episode with this series so I'm sorry if I'm slightly selfish but you know just call me a fucking cunt then mate <laughs> well actually yeah I suppose I, I'd be kicking off my side of it with a bang as well with the next one so Ooh. Yeah, we'll save that. Save that, mate. There's a bit of spice in the cauldron. All right. Well, uh, well, yeah. I mean, there we go. We've we've done our ten, nine, and eight. That's pretty good going. I think that's better going than in the film series. <laughs> I was going to say, by our standards, it is. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Cool. Well, that thanks as always uh, to you, the dear listener. Uh, thanks, of course, to you, Loz. Thank you, Hughes. And and just, I suppose, a big thank you to the creators of all the shows we've mentioned tonight. If only you knew how much better your respective shows have made my life, truly. And how much better they would have been with us in them. Well, yeah, that's another matter, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I, I love me, even if nobody else fucking does. <laughs> All right, well, uh, cool. And uh, I suppose I'll, I'll well, I'll, I'll probably won't start editing this tonight, but I'll try and get this one out there sooner than um, than I did with the last ones. We try and keep a continuity of a month or so, don't we? Uh, we we do try, but life but, gets in the way, doesn't it, Hughes? Yeah, I mean, the last one came out in March. I'm sure I can I can ship this one inside ten days. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just slap it together and piss it out the door. Yeah, just spit a label on it. There you go. Godspeed. <laughs> 
Tchau. <risos> <risos>